Happy New Year and welcome back to the James Kennedy Podcast, the first episode of 2023. And dude, this year cannot be any worse than the last one, so I've got nothing but good hopes. I do like the start of a new year, man. I'm not one of those guys that like thinks it's magically going to be so much better than the year before just because I say it is. But I do like the start of a new year. I like to have that kind of milestone in the calendar. You know, all of this shit you had to do within the previous year, you can kind of scrub it off a little bit and be like, hey, that was last year. That, that didn't exist no more, you know, <laughs> and start fresh. I don't do resolutions because my natural, like, anti-authoritarian <laughs> streak in me is just like a second someone, even myself, tells me I'm going to do something. I go, nah, I'm not. Go fuck yourself. And I just kind of, like, just resist doing it. I know it's ridiculous. Um, so don't bother doing resolutions because that doesn't work for me. But I do have definite things that I want to get on track this year. One of them being my personal health and fitness because that has taken a massive toll the past three years as I've been juggling, you know, the, the family crises that I've been going through uh, throughout the lockdown and everything as well. And through all of last year, um, my personal well-being has taken a, you know, a, a, a complete backseat. So I want to get that back on track because I feel great when I'm exercising and eating well. I got more energy and I'm sleeping better and stuff like that. I've got to slow down on the booze because your man here is drinking uh, what my 95-year-old grandmother calls a little treble. All right. Um, I can do several little trebles. <laughs> in a night quite happily uh which is not good um so i gotta chill out on that one and i think it's about time now that i get out there and do some live music again get on stage get hot and sweaty in front of a drum kit and a rock and roll band and actually do some fucking rock and roll shows you know what i mean because it's been three years now since i've been on stage which is absolutely mental that's the longest in my adult life well you know since i was i've been i've been performing like live around the clubs and stuff since i was 13 you know so this is the longest time in my life since then that i've been without playing a show with a band you know it's mental and it's starting to feel a little bit alien now that I'm a guy that even does that because it's been so long, like you know, living through a two-year global pandemic and then all of last year being kind of dominated by my family stuff um, means that I've been kind of out of my natural habitat and in a very different world now for uh, for a good few years. So, and I, you know, I've been indoors <laughs> essentially for three years. Uh, so poking my head out of the hibernation nest now and uh, getting back on stage seems a little bit strange, but I feel like the longer I don't do it, the harder it's going to be to get back up there. So hopefully this year, there'll be some opportunities where I can actually get on stage and remind myself and remember who I am, you know, before my world fucking went upside down. So watch this space. And if James Kennedy and the underdogs come to your town, do come and check us out. I will be mentioning any dates that we do on the podcast. But the best place to stay up to date is uh, check us out on social media at James Kennedy UK on pretty much everything. Um, and if you do ever like want to check out the band or, or me personally and you go on Google or YouTube, know this. Typing in James Kennedy is going to bring you the reality TV douche from the Vanderpump Rules TV show in America. That's not me. Uh, in order to get me, you have to type in James Kennedy's singer or musician, and then you get all my shit. Same for YouTube. You know, if you type in James Kennedy's singer, you get all my shit. If you type in James Kennedy, then you get like fucking chat show clickbait bullshit from that reality douche. So uh, yeah, just add the word singer and then a whole new world will open up before your eyes. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do it now because we have got some bangers coming up this month. I am booked up already, man. Honestly, there are some slayers coming up and people message me all the time like oh, how come i didn't know you know you spoke to so-and-so why didn't you message me it's like well i've got a private message everybody <laughs> every time you know i'm supposed to telepathically know that their favorite star is on the show or something like that no just fucking subscribe man it's easy just click a button the show is free i don't do patreon or any of that stuff you know i'm just giving it to you free if you want to know what's going on subscribe or follow it on it's on everything it's on spotify apple google youtube i put it everywhere i make it nice and easy for you if you want to know what's going on subscribe and don't miss an episode because we have got some killers coming up this month trust me speaking of which we are starting strong in 2023 with none other than the awesome multi-talented musical genius jace lewis a fellow welsh boy who hails from bridge end which is about an hour away from where i'm sitting right now and there's a lot of parallels in our careers i mean his has been vastly more successful than mine shall we say but we both started around the same kind of time, like I say, about an hour down the road from each other. And we both make all of our own records, self-produce them, play all of the instruments and things like that. Um, as far as I was aware, I was the only guy I knew that did that. 
when I started doing it. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that there was a, another guy who was 10 times as badass an hour down the road doing it exactly the same way, um, you know, with way more success and to a much higher standard than myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's it, a lot of parallels. We, like I said, we started around the same time. We make stuff the same way. We have a lot of the same aesthetic and, and interests in things. And more importantly, we were both in the same top 50 sexiest men in Wales poll a few years back. Needless to say, we were both robbed of the top spot due to some inevitable corruption um, in the, the media room, but we won't dwell on that. Jace is a super talented guy, and I'm really looking forward to talking to him. So let's get him on the show. Jace Lewis is a producer, multi-instrumentalist, singer, writer, and purveyor of dystopian brilliance, both on stage, on record, and on screen. As I mentioned, he hails from sunny Bridgend, but he's joining us today live from Manhattan. So Jace, thanks so much for being here, man. How are you doing, brother? Doing good. Thank you, James. It's a pleasure to be uh, speaking to you. And you're calling in, as I said, from Manhattan. What's happening over there, man? What, what, what takes you to that side of the world? Uh, well, I've been working on uh, my own album. Uh, I've got a new thing going on. And, um, you know, I've been producing, producing music for other people and, and uh, looking at setting up a studio up here, actually, or out here, rather. Um, so, yeah, we've got a, a lot happening. And, um, yeah, so enjoying it, enjoying the life in New York. Oh, man, I'm so jealous. Well, you've got a really interesting career and a really interesting story for, for several different reasons. So before we tuck into all of that, what's the kind of, what's the one minute bio? What, what's the, 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 the quick Jace Lewis 101? An unpredictable career, really. Um, you know, it, it began with me, uh, as a fledgling artist, you know, um, wanting to, carve a career for myself as a musician um and it started that way um like many you know trying to uh, um make a name for myself um and gain interest and uh you know see what sort of exposure i would get and for many years i was trying that and then um i wrote this one song on a one-stringed bass uh, because uh, I went through a stage of losing quite a lot and, uh, you know, um, like a company I was involved with and, and relationships and all that kind of thing. And um, so, yeah, I, I had this one-stringed bass and uh, wrote this, this song on it and uh, gave it to a guy in EMI Records um, and it blew up from there. I mean, I literally could not believe um within the space of about a month um i'd I'd got signed uh mtv vh1 viacom 18 were all uh wanting to to sort of you know get behind this track as a single and, and get behind me as an artist and then i was just getting all this sponsorship with um romanoff uh vodka out in uh, wow. dubai and it was and Kingfisher Airlines, who are now just Kingfisher Beer. Um, it was just crazy. So I went out as a solo artist, and I had an amazing um, eight years with it. And uh, and obviously the music industry has changed significantly since since 2007 and eight. Um, but, um, you know, it's gone from there to, to now opening my own recording studio, which I've always wanted to do. So the, uh, the, the money that I was earning from, from my music was, was being put into savings. And then, uh, you know, I, I put it into a recording studio because I always loved the gadgetry. And that's really my love right. is, is making music, being a bit of a nerd, actually. And then uh, and from there, you know, I've been a producer and I'm just – yeah, along the way, just worked with every amazing artist that there is that's inspired me as well. And, and um, yeah, it's just, it's been crazy. It's yeah, unpredictable, man. actually, is, yeah. is what it is. It's, it's yeah. very unpredictable. And, uh, and, but it's still a journey, you know. Right. It's, I aimed at one thing and, and I'm still in it, but it just branches off into so many other things. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's incredible. 
Oh, dude, it really is fascinating. And I should say, there's going to be a lot of name dropping in the chat today, right? Because, dude, you've got a lot of... Not from me. (laughs) Not from you, no. But I want the gossip, right? So definitely on my part, there's going to be a lot of name dropping in this chat today (laughs) because you've got some fascinating connections and and characters in your story that uh, we've got to delve into because it's just so interesting. But before we do that, I'd like to park up on the EMI bit for a, for a sec because, I mean, that's kind of like the rags to riches story, isn't it? Like you get picked up off one song, it goes stratospheric and, and away you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have so many people on the podcast whose story is the opposite to that. Even the ones that get the big deal with, you know, a major label, it tends to go pear-shaped pretty quick. So I'm always interested in the reality behind, you know, yeah. a story like that. I mean, because you seem to rise to the top very, very rapidly and also stay there for a long time so is it what it seems or is this was you know what was it like when you when you were experiencing that yeah it was um yeah from rags to riches that's an interesting uh yeah i mean i guess it was kind of like that when i think i mean to be honest i mean the first thing whenever i speak about it um it's kind of like a blur it just happened so fast right uh, it really happened so fast, and um, and the odd thing about it was that it was happening thousands of miles away. It wasn't happening yeah, in the UK; it was right. happening in Asia. So That's interesting, yeah, yeah. So there was, you know, there was like a total of about, I think it was about five or six countries that, you know, and subcontinents that were a part of my deal with EMI Asia, and um, and uh, it was just bizarre because you know I was in Kenfig Hill. Uh, situated within Bridgend's hills and, uh, you know, playing my guitar, going out, going for curry and having a beer with the guys, you know, my friends. And then uh, thousands of miles away, things were just kicking off. And without me really knowing what was going on, I was quite naive and I was a bit green behind the ears, if I'm honest. Right. Um, You know, because for years I've been trying and then, all of a sudden it just happens. Yeah. Uh, no rhyme, no reason. It just happens. And coming out of, you know, looking back at in reflection, I think it's just when you get the right people involved, right. Okay. You know, you've got the right manager, the right, you know, the right creative director, um, and the right financial director, you know, all of those seem to just align perfectly right. at yeah. the right time. And, right. and that's how it, that's how it came together. And it's amazing. And came together fast. But um, yeah, it was it was great. Uh, it was an amazing, absolutely an amazing career. And um, and like you say, it was like it was like a dream. Uh, it was like a dream. But it also just as as amazing as it came together, it started unraveling very quickly because right. the EMI went into liquidation. Yeah, and. Um, so in 2013 or 14, they uh, announced an administration order because um, Terra Firma, the That's business right. that had bought EMI, Guy Hands, yep. were basically unable to service the debt. Um, and uh, it was quite corrupt, actually, because EMI was overpriced as a sale to Terra Firma. So even though EMI was earning something in the region of $300 million a year in profit, they were still unable to service their debts for purchasing right. the company. Right. Um, so Citibank had the keys back, basically, and that was the end of EMI. Right. Which is a shame because I think they were the one of the oldest, if not the oldest record company oh, yeah. in the world. Iconic. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. And an enormous, an enormous uh, publishing back catalogue amongst the biggest out of them all. Michael Jackson, ABBA, Queen, you know, oh, yeah. Pink Floyd. Yeah everyone and uh so yeah it was quite uh, quite tragic and um i was then moved over to universal who i'm still with universal music group uh which is now i'm in the virgin music office so i've been moved into that and um that services my back catalog and any new stuff I wish to come out with as well. So that's um, awesome so i mean like you i suppose you weren't a victim of the emi fall then oh yeah huge huge really yeah i was a yeah i mean it it stopped i had the deal i had was three albums seven years that was the deal and so with emi i only did one album right that's that's how so i i released 
my first album was released in 2010. Um, it should have came out a little earlier in 2009, but you know we were just trying to make the most of the opportunities that were coming our way. And um, so it was released in 2010. I had a new album ready to go for 2012, but of course I started. The ground was starting to feel a little unsteady within right. the offices there, and um, I could tell something wasn't right. Right. By 2013, I was told you won't be releasing on EMI. It's 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 going to go into ground. So uh, so that was really unfortunate. But um, thankfully, you know my. The first album made such an impact out there, and so much it garnered so much interest in the United Kingdom and Europe, f- for that matter. Um, I was able to maintain a similar deal going forward, so I released a further two albums, um, but they were on Universal, and, right. um, and you know, yeah, I'm, I, I'm lucky, I'm, I'm fortunate for that, and uh, yeah, you know, I'm, it's it's a shame that EMI ended, but I'm still glad I'm. I've still got a hand in and things are still going. Well, it kind of set you on the path, didn't it? It got you to where you are now. Uh, it opened a yeah. massive door oh, yeah. for you, uh, which is close to so many people. And, and I suppose you and many others uh, of the time were kind of like the last artist through the gates before the industry nosedived. Yeah, yeah. Um, I Yes, absolutely. I think things went really bad uh, and. 15 16 i would say i could it was around there i could see um things were, were sort of going a real in, into no man no man's land into unknown territories yeah. um and uh i guess um you know i, I know that eliza when, when i signed with the mi it was myself eliza doolittle and lily allen we were the last to right. sign a, a traditional advanced deal right um you know, and I know that that, that just, just doesn't exist anymore, um, or barely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't even be able to get that myself, I don't think, these days. Right. Um, so it was, you know, it was just, you know, having the right people in at the right time and, right. Um, and doing, I guess, something like the right sound and the right thing at the right time. I know, it's weird. Yeah. It's, it's one of those unknown it's, it's an intangible isn't it like you say you've got to have so many different things you've got to align at the same time you know that's and exactly it that doesn't happen very often but when it does it you know it, it's beautiful yeah it's like the stars align and you've just got to get the right people you've got to get the right infrastructure once you get the right people in line um the right pr the right who, who are involved with the right mags who've got the right people the right tv outlets and, and just everything it's just just everything chimes at the same frequency Perfect, um, yeah. at that at that moment and uh so it's not it is luck in that way but you also it's lucky that you know the right person to be able to to make that work and you know there was lots of people i was friends with within emi for many years and and um and within you know scuzz tv and, and mtv and all of that it was, it was the right right people at the right time right i, I would say is, is what it was well, speaking of people, and this is going to be name drop number one. <laughs> uh, you've had a, you've had a long term friendship with um, the actor amongst many other things, David Prowse, um, who for yes. those those who don't know was uh, was Darth Vader, uh, as well as you know yeah. many other things. Um, but he was as, as well as your friend. He, he was your manager, is that right? That's right. Yeah, he was. How does that, so how how does that come about? <laughs> how did you meet him? How does he become your manager? How does Darth Vader become your manager? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, that, I mean, Dave. Dave was a mentor uh, to me um, for many, many years. Uh, he was like a, somewhat of a surrogate father in the entertainment industry. So, right. I'm not. I don't. It's weird. I was speaking to Jenna, my other half, about it this morning because I was speaking to his wife this morning. We stay in touch still. We're I'm still very close to the family, and we all miss dave massively because sadly passed away two years ago yeah um but um yeah it was just one of those chance again it's like just random you know i'm walking through the streets of cardiff one one week uh in the winter and i get handed a photocopied uh flyer a5 flyer of this convention a small star wars convention that was being held in the Marriott Hotel in uh, in Cardiff, and I just looked at it and 
saw that they were advertising Star Wars toys and a few actors were there. And I didn't know the name of the guy that was playing Darth Vader's body and, and all of that. I, you know, we all know James Earl Jones did the voice, but yeah. interestingly, wasn't aware of Dave. Um, I later understand why that was, but, um, but yeah, the, uh, it was quite random and I just saw the Darth Vader name next to him and, and, and thought, you know, like, I can't be the guy that was Darth, you know, Darth Vader in Cardiff. I can't believe it. And yeah, just went along, queued up for about, about an hour. I think it was, it was a massive queue to have his autograph. And, um, and then it, it came as my turn, uh, up to the desk and, uh, there he was and asked me what I wanted to, which picture I wanted signed and what I'd like on it. And I just said, um, could you just sign it to Jace, number one drummer? And he'd said, oh, you're a drummer? And, and asked what I did. And, and we just went from there. And then wow. he, stopped the, he stopped the queue for us to exchange details. Um, because he was, <laughs> at the time, I was on a development deal with, I was a drummer in a band called Losing Sun, which was Cardiff-based, um, and we just did a deal with Pinnacle Entertainment, uh, who are also no longer around. Um, but um, it was a very exciting time for us as a band, actually, and and, uh, and Dave just loved that and wanted me to sell, send the music into his house and all of that, which I did. And then one day... Uh, he had my landline, so I sent him all the CDs. And then one day the phone rang, and I said, hello. And he said, is that Jace? I said, yes. And he said, this is Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I was like, Dave? And he said, yeah, 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 this is me. And I was like, man, that's hysterical. <laughs> is, that what you, is that what you do to people? You yeah. just ring them up and say, this is Darth Vader. And like, yeah. <laughs> That's and it, brilliant. And it went from there. And um, it was a, an amazing friendship uh, and something that I'll just forever take to my grave as just uh, the most amazing experience, the most amazing guy, and just insane, really. Because I, I went all around the world with him. Um, and uh, yeah, just, I you know, miss him. Greatly, he's a great guy. About what a story, man! What a what an amazing story! You must have like you must be like a luck magnet or something like that. You know, like you you just seem to like fall into these like it, bizarre bizarre situations that when you just went yeah, out you know, for a walk one day and you end up becoming friends with Darth Vader. That's insane. It just happens. It's just uh, yeah. I'm very observant. You know, I'm right. a, like I'm the same. You know, I'm out here in Manhattan. I'm the same here. I mean, I I I've got a lot of friends out here and. Um, and you know, I mean, uh, I'm sort of great friends with people, very important people here now that work with Metallica, Rammstein, right. and Paul McCartney and so on. And I can see things going on there now that are just, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's these things just happen. You've just got to be able to recognize when something's great and, um, and explore it, you right. know, not to be frightened to, to see, you know, I was never pushy, but I was always, I'm just intrigued by things and intrigued by people. And, right. um, and Dave is, Dave was so much like myself. Right. We were exactly the same. And it's crazy because such a massive age gap, um, between us. But, um, you know, I think he saw a lot of himself in me and, uh, and, um, you know, both vulnerable, both highly enthusiastic about stuff. And love traveling, love the world, love making opportunities and putting out good vibes and seeing what comes back. You know, and we're both the same in that sense. And what was he like as a manager then? Did he have any any experience in that area, or was it just a kind of? You know? <laughs> well, imagine this. You know, I'm I'm in EMI's office and I've got Darth Vader with me, and they were just <laughs> all in awe. Right, it <laughs> carries this, a lot of weight. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> it did, yeah. Because uh, he was overseeing, I can remember they were speaking figures about you know how much they wanted to put into video number two, uh, video number one, two, and three. And I can remember Dave's reaction was like, "What is that all?" You know, and 
<laughs> he said, "I'll put in some money if that's the case." And, and they were like, "No, no, no, <laughs> no, we'll, we've we've got this." So, um, but um, yeah, he was there with me. He oversaw a lot of great things with that, and uh, and he wasn't frightened to just if you didn't if you weren't comfortable, say you're not, and right. and, and you know contest it if, if you need to uh, to try and get a better thing. And right. I learned a lot from that. Um, to say no, because for a lot of artists, it's so easy to just sit there as a nodding dog and love what you're hearing. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen or quite like what they're saying. So really go over it in detail. And I learned a lot from Dave to do that. Right. And, um, and it, it continues to serve me well. Amazing. That, dude, what a story. What a story. Uh, I mean, what, I'm going to, I'm going to try and, um, I'm going to try and ration out my name drops, but it is difficult with your story because there's, there's so many of them, right? But this one, <laughs> this one leads into something else that I want, I want to ask you about, but I think it's a good segue. Gary Newman. I mean, you know, you seem yes. to have a long standing yeah. friendship, professional relationship with, with the great Gary Newman. I mean, how does that start? Uh, so that was me being invited to a Depeche Mode concert by, um, by Dave Garn's brother, Phil, Phil Garn, who is, uh, Dave Garn's the lead singer of Depeche Mode, mm-hmm. um, a, a band that I quite, um, I got one or two of their albums, um, ironically when, when Dave Garn was in his dark days, but I loved, loved what they did. And, uh, I met Phil. I can't quite remember how, how it was we got in touch. I think it was on social media, maybe even MySpace. Um, and somehow we got connected and uh, and we were speaking and Phil was a great supporter of my music and invited me to a Depeche Mode show. And so I'm sat with the Garn family and lo and behold, Gary Newman and his wife sits right in front of me. Wow. Now, I used to watch Gary Newman flying aircraft because I used to go to Ducks for their shows and, and actually Rawton um, uh, Warbirds air display and Gary was flying Harvards. So I didn't want to speak to him about music. So I just tapped him on the shoulder, introduced myself, and we just got speaking about planes. <laughs> and we, we then went to the after show party together. And again, we were just speaking about aircraft all night. And... Um, so we exchanged emails and again contact details and stuff, and uh, and then we've become such good friends. And he is a, a great. Um, he's he's just a, an inspiring man to be around yeah. because he doesn't care of any shift change or anything in any movement. He does what he does, yeah. and he does it well. Yeah. And. Um, but he's just so humble. He's so humble. He's so modest and he's a, an amazing guy. And we speak to each other every week. Right. It's not on WhatsApp. It's on email. It's, it's, you know, it, we're great friends and I, I'm close, close family friends too. You know, he, he loved, my dad meets up with him and wow. I always meet up with them whenever, whenever they're in the UK or, or I go to LA, I see them. It's, yeah, amazing, amazing guy. And uh, we've toured three, twice, sorry. We've toured twice and we've yeah. done a few shows together here and there. And uh, it's a great thing when we, when we do it together, when we, when we do these shows together, they, uh, it's a real great energy. Oh, it's bet. my music and, and his music yeah. just seem to complement each other very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your friends as well, which makes the whole thing so much more easy and pleasant, surely. It is amazing. Yeah, it, we are great friends and um, he's a great guy. And I'm, again, another another stars aligning moment that, right. uh, that uh, I love and, and maintain, you know. Um, and we've written music together. You know, we did, I did a song called Redesign, which he sang on. Right. Um, and, um, and, yeah, we've been speaking about some drum stuff as well uh, for his new album. But we'll see what happens because, sadly, uh, Richie, his – long time drummer of 29 years i think is retired so right. you know um i might uh, 
see if I can help out on the album or something with drums because of my studio as awesome. well. So that yeah, man. comes in handy, yeah. Yeah, man. So yeah, it's great. He's a, he's a great guy and a legend too. Totally, you know? totally, yeah, man. And he he famously made a lot of headlines, didn't he, recently with the streaming debate when he came out and, and said that he'd made £37 on one of his <laughs> biggest, highest streaming <laughs> tracks, yeah. which had like yeah. you know, gazillions of streams or whatever. He made 37 bucks, And that's a, a conversation we've had on the podcast many times. And uh, But I'd love to get your thoughts on um, a part of this because I'm, I've been an evangelist as I've said many times for the new model okay. which funnily enough me and you were both kind of doing without realizing it 20 years ago you know making our own records at home playing all of the instruments and everything like that and that's now become kind of the way that records are made, isn't it? You know, self-distribution, independence, and promoting yourself on social media. And I'm an evangelist for that new model. But the problem is, how do you get heard above the noise? How do you let people know what you're doing as an artist or a musician when you're now in competition with everybody else on the planet in that overcrowded space, which is the internet? So I'd, as someone who's kind of come through the same journey as myself, um, through the same time period, but as come through it from a different angle like you came through the major label machinery uh, i'd love to get your thoughts on that uh yeah i mean you know i must say like you know like stars have aligned for me i also made them align but you know the cascading alignment of it i get was what i was trying to trying to emphasize right. the cascading right one person or the other um but i did i i was able to garner that interest and um i think there isn't you know there's many ways to skin a cat in this industry um and uh i i have felt a significant shift um in the business even you know even though i've been in it now for some 20 years or so more um i have seen a significant shift and you know Staying above the noise, it's difficult. I mean, it really is. You've got to know the right people. Right. First of all, you have to be doing it for the right reason. I think if you're expecting overnight success yep. and feeling that you deserve, that you're entitled to a success, um, so, oh, why isn't this happening? Oh, it hasn't happened. Right. Fuck you. You know, <laughs> that kind, of, that kind right. of attitude is wrong. And I see a lot of that. I mean, in, in my studio, it's amazing how many people I've had in the studio that, that think that they deserve, because they're talented, that right. this should be on their, on their doorstep, you know. And, and being talented, there's a lot of talented people, and there's always a, a more talented singer, guitarist, right. songwriter, drummer. Um, yeah, you've, I think you've just got to understand the infrastructure. As soon as you understand the infrastructure and how the mechanics of that work, that is how you're able then to, you know, at least be able to put your music to the right people at the right time. Right. Um, and that's always been my advice to, to everyone. Yeah, of course, it, it does ultimately come down to how good your music is, how different you sound, how different you look. Uh, you know, and all of this. But then once that side of things should really come natural in a way, you, if you're a real true, true artist, you will just be that right. and write that. And, and But you do have to be, I think, a business person as well. You have to, you have to study the market, study the, the, the gearbox of the music industry and see how it all turns over and, and how things work. If you don't have an interest in that or, you, or that's just too much, then it's going to be a lonely road. And the old model of going in the bar like Tom Jones and being spotted, is, that's just not there. Right. You know, that's long gone. I think that died in the 80s, actually, you know. Um, so, yeah, you've, you've got to really study it and understand how it works. Um, and once you do, then you're in with a chance to uh, at least get it in the right hands. Um, for the right reasons right. and that it gets promoted in the right way with the right people. 
Well, that resonates a lot with what uh, Brian Slagle said. He's the CEO of Metal Blade Records, who was on the podcast recently. And I, I asked him, what thing have you seen in common of all the successful bands that stick around, not the overnighters, the ones that disappear, um, that stick around, mm. whether you've worked with them directly or not? And he said, the one thing they've all got in common is they're smart. Somebody in the band yeah. understands the business. Yeah. And if you haven't got that guy, you know, it's going to be tough. Exactly what you just said. Yeah, yeah, and there's, uh, and th- yeah, there is always. I mean, I've been in bands, and there's always some. There's, uh, there's a strategist, there's an artist, right. there's a songwriterist. You know, there's, everybody has their own role. A lot of younger bands today are hungry. What I've seen in my studio, and it's been interesting because I, you know, I, I'm in my recording studio. I got these young young guys coming in, or girls coming in. And they just see the fame aspect so much because it's so rammed down the throat. Yeah. I mean, it's TikToks, there's Instagrams, there's all of this. Um, and so the efforts of your true, true musical self is not so much the, the imperative aspect of it anymore. It's to be seen, it's to, right. it's to yeah. be accessible, yeah. um, which is not what it used to be. It used to be a mystique an interest, an intrigue, and then a celebration yep. of something so amazing. And let the crowd be the decider for that. You know, the rules have changed a lot in that, I feel, over so many years. And um, it's, almost, it's almost become a little, little sort of gross because it's just, it's just force-fed down you. Yes. you know? yeah. um, so it's, it's hard now to stay above that noise, I think, because um, a lot of great talent does slip between the gaps. Um, and I'm, I'm, boy, have I heard some great music, and it's just a shame. There's a band called um, Explore, Exploring Birdsong, and I had them in my studio, and they blew my mind. Really? Just how, oh, how incredible they were. Write that down. You should, ch- you should, you should check them out. Exploring Birdsong. Bird song. I remember hearing the name of the band. I was like, what the, what the Exploring Birdsong? But when they explained what it was about um and it's to do with it's to do with paul mccartney actually they, they were right in, had an opportunity with paul mccartney yes yeah, amazing um but their music is absolutely unreal unreal and it's it's uh and they've had a similar experience to you i think they've had a bit of a difficulty with labels and the right. manager promising everything delivering nothing right etc or whatever and um you know, it's that kind of band that I feel really deserve, uh, uh, you know, opportunities of every magnitude because their musicianship, their songwriting skill, and they're so humble, such a humble band. They remind me of the old sort of the ways of ABBA and all. You know, right. They just, just are great people but with a talent from another planet, you know? Wow. Well, everybody should go and check out Exploring Birdsong. Right. Yeah, go and check those guys out. Yeah, please do. Absolutely. I, I, mean, I, I produced, um, me and my friend Abe, we produced and mixed their last album, uh, well, their new album, sorry, but uh, they've just released a new single, uh, Ever the Optimist, it's called, and uh, what a band. What a band. Right. I'm going to rush yeah, and check absolutely. that out straight away. As soon as we finish our chat today, man, I'll be checking that out. I, I always love getting recommendations from people because, as you said, there is, it's a noisy world right now and there is so much content overload and saturation. Um, I, I just rely now on, on one-to-one recommendation for people. That's, that's how I find the best shit. Yeah, and similarly, you know, the internet, it's a double-edged sword. You know, it does give you that platform to be discovered or to, or to discover people, yeah. but there's, there's so much of it now. It's just, um, but you know, it's like I said, I think the motives are not quite what they were. Um, you know, I can well say again, I mean, I guess the most everybody wanted to get recognized and whatever always, but there was just a sincerity about it, I think, uh, right. which, which is just, I'm not, it's hard to find that these days. Um, and I think that's reflective in, 
in in the likes of Spotify and all of that too. It's uh, it's it's weird. It's weird. I think social media plays a part in that. It's a visual medium, you know, and yeah. it's almost like if you're not yeah. on there, you don't exist. So if you're kind of like an introverted genius songwriter <laughs> that doesn't want to be taking fucking selfies and dancing on TikTok, Absolutely. you don't exist. You know. So what do you do? So it's like you've you've got it. You end up being drawn into doing that shit just to, just to validate your existence as a human or, or as an artist, you know. And it's uh, and the very nature of doing that changes the thing then doesn't it you know yeah uh, and and i think it's very easy for people to portray that they're a success when they're not uh i've i mean that is a i don't know how you know i, I mean it was only last year i think last year i was i learned of the whole faking numbers in instagram oh, or yeah. something. you could buy and that and yeah. that made sense to me because there's some people i've seen that have got like a thirty thousand uh, followers, and yet they post something, and it's about twelve engagements yep. on it. Yeah. <laughs> or you look at the comments, and it's just some generic, vague, you know, bullshit. That's like, you know, awesome. This is lit, one hundred percent. Oh, is that fake as well? Yeah, the, the you can get fake. fake comments, everything, man. Because like, I've I've been a victim of that myself. It's <laughs> why you think you think fucking hell, these guys got loads of followers, and then you realise it's not just about the followers; it's about the engagement. Oh, then you think, oh, well, wow. these guys got great engagement. Then you look at who's engaging, and it's all spam bots. And you're like, for fuck's sake, how does anyone tell what's oh, legit my. anymore? You know. God, yeah, exactly. There you go. So people are able to fake a success. They'll say, "Oh, I'm I'm a big deal," and they're not. It's yeah. just lying. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that now. A lot uh, more now than I've ever, ever, ever. I mean, sure, there was the excitement of, oh, you know, we're going out and touring with this band, or we're going to be doing that, and it's exciting times. But literally now, some some people are masters of being able to. To craft that only on social media. Yes, um, and it falls down you know, when you have to go out into the big bad world. Then you know, and do it for real. Yeah, I mean, I was somewhat of a victim many years ago of people not believing that, that what was going on with me, even though there was even a BBC documentary about what was going on for me out, out in the east, and a lot of it, sadly, was was right on my right on my own grounds, right uh, in Bridgend and, and somewhat Cardiff. People just wouldn't and refused uh, to believe that there's all of this stuff going on with me and it's like look it up dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah what you, you you can buy comments on instagram you can't buy fucking thousands of people to turn up can't to your buy the bbc <laughs> yeah. uh, well maybe you can i don't know but, but um, yeah i mean it's all yeah it was uh and i think my reaction to it all at that time i was just absolutely overwhelmed right I by bet. it you know I it bet. Was, I quickly, I quickly recognised as well that fame was not for me at all. Right. Um, you know, it's it, uh, it had a, almost a sort of a pernicious effect on me. Right. Being talked about so much, uh, it, it made me withdraw a lot. I think. Right. And um, and I re- very quickly realised actually I was just a music nerd, lucky to uh, to be able to deliver it um, a, a decent, different ish sounding album. Right. And, and and learn to, to craft it live, you know. Um, but uh, it was a struggle. It was a, a real struggle. But one I'm very grateful for, I must say. <laughs> yeah, I bet, yeah. And where are you at now then? So what's the model now? So you're still with Universal. So you are you still operating very much in the major label dynamic or is it a mixture of independence? I mean, what, what what's your current model? So I'm on option. Um, I'm on option. If So yes, yeah, what they call on option. I basically like... When and if I want to do another album, we're here. Right. There's no pressure on me. I and the reason that is is because I've delivered what it was that we said right. we would do, which was um, give, and it, it all relates back to EMI. Uh, so you know, we agreed a three album uh, commitment, and we've done that. Um, and the door. I mean, I, you know, I still speak to them monthly. Um, you know. And I have to speak to them every quarterly for, for accounts, but it's it's a great um, a great. The door's always open for when I want to go back. Wicked. Um, and I, I keep my hand in because there is obviously a turnover of staff, and yeah, right. either somebody's moved up the chain or just moved out altogether, um, which is happening a lot. Yeah, and always has been, I think. Uh, but um, yeah, the door's open, and, and and I'm working on new material, and and they already have a few of those and like yeah 
we're down. Oh, so. well, we're all going to wait and just sit and wait it out then until, until you deliver it, yeah? Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think the industry at the minute is in, I think it's the music industry right now is the worst I've ever known it to be. Right. Um, and, you know, when I speak to other people that have been in it a lot longer than I have, twice the amount of time I've been in, they, they, they say the same. Right. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to sort of sit back and watch what's going on in the market before I go throw in something out because it has to be right. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think now is the right time. Yeah, no, I totally agree, man. I think that's a smart move. And, um, so what are you doing to bide your time now then whilst you're, you know, whilst you're sitting in the pit stop? Uh, well, I, I'm involved with a lot of software development with, um, like, uh, companies like FL Studio, Baby Audio. Right. Um, you know, Aston Microphones. I mean, I'm involved with 26 companies wow. together as a producer. Yeah. And like FL Studio, I've got like a, a Jace Lewis drum pack. Ah, sweet. That we're always, we're always developing that. Um, plug-in sounds, soundscape designing. Well, that's amazing. So that, yeah, that's always been, that has been my thing in the background that I've, I just nerd out, you know, I, I, I love Dude, that's a, what a fucking dream job that is. Jesus Christ, yeah. man. I'm always fascinated by what the musicians do, mm. you know, when they're not, you know, on stage doing the thing or making records, you know, because, the, you know, the income streams are up and down, you know, if, if they're there at all for many artists, you mm. know. Yeah. Um, I'm always fascinated by the different things that people do to stay afloat. And that, that dude, that for someone like yourself, who's like a tech nerd as well, that's a dream gig, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that- yeah, like I mean, I love machinery, little uh, you know, and, and preamps, compressors, all of that, software, computing, uh, all of that. I mean, that's that's always always been my thing. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll for instance, I'll write a song, I'll do something, and then I'll come up with a great new sound, and then I'll send it to the guys at FL Studio, um, and then they will sort of say, you know. Christ, how did you do this? I have to go through the process of what I did and then we'll, right. and then we'll make it as a preset or, or we'll do a demo. I've actually just done a demo of how I remixed uh, a song with Rammstein um, called uh, Army de Tristan. Army de Tristan. Yeah, yeah. I, I just did that, which was released, I think, a week ago or two weeks ago. Um, yeah. and, um, and the sounds in that, uh, FL the FL studio guys are all over that. <laughs> How did you do this? What did you do to make that happen? And, and uh, so uh, you know, uh, I'm very very involved with a lot of these companies. And um, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's not uh, it's not intense either. It's 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 a. Uh, I just seem to just fun float. Uh, just float around. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, the, like release. You have to be prolific in releasing music as well. I've done three albums and I've been lucky enough to, um, you know, write stuff that's been decent and I earn a passive wage with that. And that's a consistent right. passive wage. So I'm rumbling right. on that as well. But, um, it's, you know, it's certainly not enough to be able to exist in Manhattan. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this place has to be the most expensive place on the planet. Dude, that's awesome. You gotta be like in the top one percent of people that are actually, you know, making their living from, you know, doing their thing, which is amazing. Yeah, um yeah. with regards to like you said, you're kind of sitting out some of the parts of the industry. I noticed that recently, earlier on in the year, you you did cancel a string of European dates with the aforementioned than the great Gary Newman. Yeah. Um what what was happening there? Was that was that a post COVID thing? Was that just <sighs> what was the reasons? Uh it was absolutely a post COVID thing, and I think it's an insight into why things in life right now have just become ridiculous. Um, so, I mean, you know, granted, because of COVID and the lockdown, a lot of people didn't work, couldn't work. A lot of companies suffered, the, you know, a, a bad hand at, at that uh, virus going around the world and doing its job. Yeah. Um, and so, unbelievably, the reason why I couldn't tour with Gary was solely because of tour bus uh, issues. Not, right. not that they were none available. That was part of the problem. The other problem was, was that they were absolutely opportunistic 
in the sudden surge of everyone wanting to now tour because they didn't tour. I hear you, right. Or festivals now happening. So I found I was caught up in, in some cases, a, a bidding war. So somebody, right. I would say, right, I'm ready to put a deposit down on this bus. I'd get a good deal. And then they would come back to me, you know, saying, yeah, great, okay, um, let's, let's firm it up tomorrow. And then that next day, they would say, sorry, uh, that bus is now, now no longer available. Or motherfuckers, you ha- right? You can have that bus, but it's another thirty grand. Jesus Christ! And I had that happen to me. Not just me. I know so many artists, and it's still yep. going on, right? It, um, so, and I under I I now know why it's the case as well because a lot of it, a lot of bus drivers left to go into haulage. So instead of them say earning 150 a day plus PDs, um, they now command five to seven hundred pounds a day as a driver because that's what they were getting in haulage. Um, right. And people are paying it. Uh, and so the costs of that have gone up astronomically because that's what haulage was paying them in distribution and whatever. Um, yeah. And, of course, fuel prices and all of that. But um, yeah, what should have cost? I think it was between eighteen and eighty. But what should have cost? Because it was a three and a half week tour with Gary. Should have cost between eighteen and twenty two to twenty five grand for the whole thing. Um, I was I was faced with with uh, faced with figures of between eighty seven yeah between 65 and eighty five thousand in the end. Jesus Christ! Yeah, for three and a half weeks. And you know, <laughs> figures like for three that, and a half weeks. Yeah, uh, figures like that. You for three and a half weeks. I mean, that's just absurd. Yeah. So Get I would, I, I yeah. would have, I would have been in the red of about some forty grand, and I'm not doing that. Oh, yeah, yeah, man, fucking hell. Well, there's bands I won't name who've who've cancelled European tours because they're like a million in the red before they've even you know left the house. Yeah. They've just cancelled it. You know, yeah, big yeah. bands. You know, likewise, I know a lot of bands that have, are still still cancelling they just can't make it work i mean it's it's outpriced and then of course you know you've got venues that want to charge concessions and i've i've read something this morning of one band for instance that were having to pay out more concession fee than their guarantee um payment yeah so like i said it's the industry at the moment, I, I, I'm sorry to say, is in a real sorry state, mm, and yeah. um, and it's it's depressing. I'm sure for many many artists that are that have been surviving on it for many years, um, and it's it's just terrible. It's just terrible, and I've been caught up in it myself, uh, as you say. You know, I had to cancel a tour with Gary, which right. is a sure bet for me. Me and Gary, when we tour together, it's it's great. It's it's lucrative. It's, it's great fun and it works. I couldn't even make that work. Uh, right. So if I can't make that work, I, that, I can't make anything work. And so I'm just sitting back and watching it from afar at the moment. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's in a really sorry state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah, well, I think th- that that is sort of like a testament again to the fact that like musicians these days or artists in general have to be multifaceted. You have to have diversity of streams. For somebody like yourself, and now you're in a position whereby you can wait out this storm, you know, and you've got other things to keep you afloat, you know. So I think that you know it's, it's a kind of reminder, really, that we all need to. Um, you yeah, can, you yeah. can't rest on your laurels, can you? No, you you got to be versatile, and uh, and and yeah, you know, you, you know, it's a huge industry is a, a big old world out there you know and um, there's lots of avenues and things that you can make for yourself and make work providing of course that you can do it and do it well um but um i like i said you know uh, you know i think uh, there's a lot of people that uh, you know that are like that and they're very clever there's people that work at uh, an average day job for instance and are doing it too and i've done that yeah. i did that for many years i was an engineer um and there's no you know it, it, there's nothing wrong with doing that you know um but 
yeah, you know, it's 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 tough. It's a tough game, and you have to you have to think outside the box. I think a lot, and yeah. um, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's narrowing every time for a right. lot of people. Um, but right now, tour, touring specifically, I think especially is very very hard. Yeah. Yeah, I know so many people who are saying the same things. Like, and we're, and we're talking, like, I won't name the bands, but we're talking like massive, massive multi platinum yeah. bands, yep. you know, and, you know, yep. down to guys like me who used to do a punk rock style in a van, you know, so many of them just like, fuck it, you know, I'm not, not going to bother, you know what I mean? Which is, which is, a, which is a sad state of affairs, but, you know, hopefully it'll settle. I mean, we've got the, obviously the added problem with Brexit over here now with the 90 day rule and the carnies and all that mm. bullshit. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Brexit, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's had its. I mean, that's had a profound effect on well, just industry in total. I think for for yep. for, for right. the UK and Wales. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, it's, everything right now is up in the air. It's madness. It's lunacy, and it's almost a, a rudderless ship. Um, yeah, and you know, I mean, I'm I've been out here in America now six months, and you know, the UK is a subject that's brought up often. When I'm here, so right. some, as soon as somebody hears my accent or whatever, they they will bring the U, the UK up, and uh, it's the same. What the what's going on? But in the UK, <laughs> what the fuck is happening know, over there? Yeah. What's happening? It's like you you know we look up to you guys. You guys are like right. the forefront of everything for us here in America. Like what's going on? You know we can't believe can't believe that you guys have just fallen to shit. We ha- literally have, yeah, man. Jesus Christ. And I see it even from out here. I look back and it's just constant bad stuff going on and, and, and change of government and somebody being yeah. compared to a lettuce or whatever. It's just like, <laughs> I'm like what the 100%. F-? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, you know, um, yeah, I think we're, you know, we're in, 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 in precedented times. You know, we've had a, a world virus you know, like something yep. we've never experienced or haven't experienced for many, many years uh, since uh, um, the Spanish flu, I think it was, that was yep. running riot hundreds of yep. years ago. And uh, yeah, you know, I think it's going to take time for it to, to balance up and, and, 100%. and iron itself out, really. It's um, scary, scary, but I think just all got to stick together and hang in there, really. 100%. In the meantime, I'll be, I'll be doing much as what you're doing. I'll be staying indoors. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In a hoodie. <laughs> yeah, with the doors locked. I mean, I'm antisocial anyway, so it works perfectly <laughs> for me. I can just use the excuse of, of, of staying indoors. Yeah. Now, I, it's been a while since we've done a name drop, so I think I should drop one in. Um, <laughs> yeah. Go for it. <laughs> now, me and you have got two things in common. Okay. Um, one is that we've both been in the top 50 sexiest men in Wales poll. Oh, we're my both gosh. In that. Yes. <laughs> oh, Same no. year, I think, we were in there. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to, I can't remember what number I'll have to... Well, I'll compare numbers later on. But, um, <laughs> no, that's not. I was, and, I was at the back end of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Deservedly so. <laughs> <laughs> well, the second thing we've got in common is the fact that we both had Richard Dawkins feature on one of our albums. And, wow. Um, have you, uh, yeah. In Rich. my case... Yes. In my case, I, it was public domain footage that I just stole. In your case, you actually had the actual guy. Yes. Is that, is that true? Yeah, he's a friend. He's a good friend. Richard. How the fuck does that happen? What's the story there? I was targeted by um, Jehovah's Witnesses. I released an album called Nemesis in 2014 um, under a different guise. This was part of why my career weaned off quite a bit because I was at, I was told to change the project name um, from Jace Lewis to Protofield. A disastrous right. decision. Um, and one that I learned a lot from because, yeah, it's not always about what they're dangling in front of you, you know. Right. Yeah. It, it, it began as a suggestion and then it ended up being, well, unless you do this, we're not signing you. So it was terrible. Um, but I, on that album, Nemesis, I brought up a few uh, religious subjects um, in songs. I had a song called God Forced, I had a song called Sinner. Um, and I've always been, I am somewhat of a bit of a historian. I, I love historical things. I love world changing events. And, um, and I could talk to anyone about anything. I've seen stuff live. 
as it's happened, like Challenger, right. and that happened and blew up in 86 and obviously 9-11 and, and just lots and right. lots of things. Um, and so I spoke about a lot of these things in the content of my album. Someone uh, within the uh, Jehovah's Witness Lodge in uh, the Glamorgan Borough saw this or read about it or something, and then I was targeted by them, and they would come to my house every week. But I was so fascinated by them that I'd invite them in, sit them down, make them a cup of tea, and just discuss religion and why why it was that, why it was they committed themselves to to this religion and so on and so forth. And it got so intense. Um, I think I did an interview somewhere talking about it and Richard Dawkins' assistant, a guy, uh, sadly, he's passed away in, two year, in the last two years as well, um, wonderful guy called Rand Russell. He was his assistant. and He reached out to me. And we hit it off and, um, and we became great friends. He introduced wow. me to Richard. Richard invited me to his house in Oxford. Um, so we sat down, had a cup of tea, and discussed so many things. Wow. With, with his book, The God Delusion, The Selfish Gene, came out yeah. many years ago. And my take on everything as well. And um, I stay in touch. I've been to see him a few times now. I, I go to his, he's moved, since moved from his house. He's now in an apartment. And, uh, and I go there, and um, we still keep in touch. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, he, fe- he f- featured on my album. Um, I brought up my third album called Million, and uh, we went to his house and I recorded him reciting a poem, actually, that he wrote, um, which was titled Unweaving the Rainbow. Um, so it's a bit of a unicorn title, but I loved what it was about, just how fortunate you are to even exist. Yes, um, right. You know, the many billions of chances against you to even be what you are today. Yeah. Um, and I found that fascinating because obviously he's an incredible, an incredibly celebrated evolutionary biologist. And yeah. so just sat there with him and hearing him talk about how things came to be as, as human Fucking beings from just pond slime, which is where it begins. It's just fascinating. Um, and he's an amazing guy. He's very matter of fact. And, uh, He's almost like a computer. Um, in fact, I think I think he might be on the spectrum, but because um, he just has barely any emotion. Um, but you know, I get him to laugh often, and we have a good time. And um, right, <laughs> yeah, he's an incredible guy. And, uh, yeah, one that I I'm always I always love speaking to, and I'm always intrigued on something new that they've discovered. Especially with COVID, you know, you spoke a lot to me about that as well, which is fascinating. Man, what a journey you've had, dude. Seriously, <laughs> so interesting. It's so bizarre as well, you know what I mean? What a story. And we haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg with the name drops yet. You know, we haven't even mentioned Brian May <laughs> or Roger Taylor, but we're not going to get into that because we haven't got time. But um, before we do uh, wrap up for, for this one, um, let's just remind people once more, you know, what can they look forward to coming up at Camp Jace Lewis? What's happening? I'm, well, I'm just, I'm just digging my roots in in Manhattan right now. And so um, a new recording studio is going to be out, uh, probably put out here because um, I'm involved with a few companies out here now as well. And, um, and uh, yeah, and, and I'm working, I'm just wrapping up an album um, right now. Um, so I'm going to see what happens with that as well. Uh, like I said, I'm just watching the industry right, right now. I think it's a very, it's in it's in delicate territory. Yeah. It's it's uh, quite brittle. I right. feel so. Um, I've completed this album, and um, I'm speaking to a lot of people about it right now. And we'll see what happens. I'm just going to uh, you know put it in the right hands and talk about where the market is right, right. now. Brilliant. I'm in. I'm in no rush. Amen. Well, Jace, thank you so much for joining us today, man. It's been a real pleasure. I wish you nothing but the best with everything that's coming up. And hopefully we'll speak to you again soon, man. Uh, anytime, man. We'll, uh, we'll see you again. Cheers, dude. Take it easy, man. You see too. you soon.
You too. Absolutely. All the best, dude. Jace Lewis, ladies and gentlemen. What an insane story. <laughs> Who goes from writing a song on a one-string bass to getting a major label deal, becoming huge in Asia, and then having Darth Vader become their manager and then becoming friends with Richard Dawkins? That's fucked up, man. As I mentioned, you know, there were tons of other characters in Jace's unique story that we didn't get around to mentioning because I didn't want it to be, you know, a, a name drop party. You know what I mean? But um, it's insane, honestly. Like, we, we, could, we could have easily done another hour there with all the crazy connections that have happened and all the crazy stars that have aligned through his journey. And it's so interesting, isn't it? The different journeys that people have because I feel like I had nothing but bad luck every Every new person that I met on my journey in the music business was a crook or a prick that ended up ripping me off and screwing my band over and destroying our morale and losing our finances and, you know, just 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 sending us back 10 steps every time we thought a door had opened. But Jace's story, you know, it's 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 the polar opposite of that. And, it you know, that I think that shows that there is hope out there. I guess some people, they just, like Jay says, you know, once it's a cascading luck, you know, once, once one opportunity comes along, if you use it and seize it properly and you're smart and you know how to navigate things, then you can create a cascade of good luck and you don't just become, you know, another one of those bands that we've spoken about many times on the podcast that got the deal, you know, got the one hit and then, you know, ended up <laughs> imploding or exploding, you know. So I think Chase's story is really interesting in, in that regard as well, you know. I hope you enjoyed it. Do check out his music. All of his albums are on Spotify. There's tons of live footage and interviews and uh, other things on YouTube as well. He's a cool dude. Go and follow all of his pages and, you know, keep an eye on what's going to be coming up because you know it's going to be cool whatever it's going to be. And it does sound as if there's going to be a new album or a new release of some kind in the works when he's ready. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Uh, one more shout out to subscribe to the podcast, please. We've got some awesome, awesome chats coming right up. Please give me a follow or a subscribe or whatever you got to do. Uh, if you can give me a star rating on Apple or Spotify or a comment, that'd be awesome. Or, you know, give us a like or a thumbs up on whatever platform you listen to it on. It all makes a massive, massive help. Thank you so much. And I will see you next week with another guest. Have a great week. Stay awesome.